We are here live, more or less, from Las Vegas. With Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. This is Good Sports. What a great morning here in Vegas, Mark. Yes, the it basketball is. basketball center of the universe. Man, if okay. you like basketball and, and you're not in Las Vegas, you are screwing up. Oh, my God. It better be a family emergency or, or, or worse that's keeping you from here. Awesome time, man. Oh, awesome. <laughs> we, this is just a little, we're going to paint a little, a little mental picture for, for folks, Mark, uh, just to say we had. Yesterday at uh, the Mendenhall Center on UNLV's campus right next door to the Thomas and Mac Arena, yep. we saw the practice for our U.S. US men's national team that's going to play in the Olympics in Rio. Uh, this is not everybody. Uh, James Harden wasn't there yesterday, but he was uh, 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 replaced by LeBron James, who showed up and wasn't expected to practice. And sure enough, LeBron's out there. He sees the basketball, and he sees the basket, and he grabs the ball, and now he's in practice. He's playing. Uh, <laughs> it's LeBron's team. They're, they're, I don't know that he's going to play tonight, but he doesn't have to play his way onto anything. But this is LeBron's team. When well, LeBron showed up, it was a different attitude. Uh, then, then when LeBron wasn't there, this is LeBron James's team. Make no mistake about it, and he is the king, and he just has he just has that presence and uh, uh, the joy that these guys are having playing. Uh, I don't know what the difference is to them between here and 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 NBA. I mean, that's what we all consider the highest level, but dear God, there were four half court things going on. Oh with ten God. players on each on each court, and everywhere you looked, it was an NBA All Star Game lineup on all four halves of the court. I mean, Kevin Durant was a uh, was over uh, 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 on the same neck of the woods where Stephen Curry was. They, their little group was 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 going. Uh, LeBron James was. Uh, uh, let me see. Uh, Lamarcus Aldridge was up there with them. They, they, you, you start going down. And then Steph Curry, Clay Thompson was over on the uh, on the other court with Draymond Green. Uh, Kenneth Fareed was there from from the Nuggets, and uh, I don't know if there's two guys having a better time than Draymond Green and Kenneth Fareed. I've got a great wow. picture that, that's up on our site, Mark, of them just bumping, and and they, uh, you just see that unbridled joy. I don't know if I've ever seen more a bigger group of happy millionaires than than what we honest to God. It's, it's, it's so refreshing to see guys they're playing for nothing. You know, we always, we always use that phrase, Mark, this guy played for free. Well, son of a gun, we got a whole bunch of them that are playing for free. Yes. I mean, what, what, whatever stipend they get meal money, 200 bucks a day or whatever it is, you know? Well, what, what was funny was, you know, you know, you say that that the whole thing changed when LeBron came on uh, on the scene, and and yeah. and it did. But it was also just just funny because you 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 know you had these guys that are all what seven feet ten tall. <laughs> yeah, those are the guards. <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I mean, I was I was standing on. On the sideline, and and there was a there's a camera guy next to me for one of the local news agencies, and you know, and all he kept saying is going, "Oh my God, they're big! Oh my God!" 
And some of them are surprisingly big. When you, yes. uh, when, when, you know, when you see them next to each other, okay, it loses that, that, uh, reality point where you say, wow. But when you, when you stand next to LeBron, he's a, he's a big human being, but he's not that overwhelmingly huge. When you stand next to Kevin Durant, I, I talk to Kevin Durant and I'm looking, uh, and keep looking up, man. And Kevin Durant is just, tall i mean he's six ten. he's tall dude he's tall and skinny and an incredibly talented basketball player if it wasn't for lebron james Kevin the, thing, the second best second best ball player on earth as far as i'm concerned he's unstoppable the other thing that was cute cool um the kids that were throwing them the basketballs you know yeah they were like eight nine years old you yeah know, and they you know and they came up to the players knees <laughs> if that a couple of the players yeah. played with them i mean literally played with them oh yeah you know, they let the kids get out there yeah Brian james's uh, two sons were, were behind us yesterday as i was standing off uh, on the corner getting some shots you know you, you have to get a different angle and so i go to all four points of the gym just to make sure i get everybody in there and his kids were sitting there and they were they were not Overly interested in what I, I obviously let's go out. Hey, Dad, let's go out in the driveway and play some basketball. Okay, it's LeBron James that you're yeah. taking out there, but it was cool that the the, the guys do bring their kids. Um, uh, Steph Curry didn't bring Riley, his his daughter that got famous during the playoffs. Uh, but it's cool to see the family kind of thing. But the family amongst the players is incredible. Like I say, you've got guys that were just beating the crap out of each other in a few weeks ago during the NBA playoffs. I mean, literally the next step from where they were physically was a fist fight. And right. now they're buddies and, and, and staying with each other and eating and, and, and doing all this and glad handed and having fun. I mean, you see, you look at how many guys came from, the Golden State Warriors, the NBA champions, and there, there's LeBron James and Kyrie Irving and Kevin Love, and there was no bad blood. Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, uh, I mean, you get those guys that played for the NBA championship, and now here they are teammates. You know, one of the one of the greatest things, Mark, for me, is watching Mike Shashevsky coach, and he is very ably uh, Jim Beheim, uh, who's uh, in his last year at Syracuse, and uh, also Tom Thibodeau, the head coach of the of the, the Bulls, and they have a, they have a couple guys that are out there. Monty Williams is the is the other coach, and he's the guy that during the practice, he's the opponent. He's the Washington Generals for the Harlem Globetrotters. Right. He's the scout team for, for a football team, and he is out there taking these guys one on one. On a play. Now, they're calling the play. Here's what you have to do. We're going to shoot 15-foot jumpers or whatever. He's the guy that provides the defense on LeBron James and Kevin Durant and on and on and on and on ad nauseum. And I must have seen that guy take – it had to be at least 100 turns playing defense on these guys different places on the court just right. to get them ready. And Monty Williams was a, was a pretty decent player. He's an assistant coach with the Oklahoma City Thunder. So I'm sure he does it with Durant and and Russell Westbrook, who also is there, um, the, on a, on a regular basis. But my God, what a hell of a basketball player to be trusted to go go play defense on these guys. And he gets a hand up in their face. He you know he puts a hand on their hip and keep them out. And 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 they have they have great affection for him. But you talk about effective. Here's this guy who does nothing 
at, at, at practice anyway, but beyond these guys. And there was a couple of them out there playing, and, uh, and I offered to give him some photos, and uh, he thought that would be cool. He doesn't have many photos of him at practice because everybody gets the game shots, and nobody gets them at practice. Right. And, uh, and you talk about somebody working their asses off, Mark. What, what impressed you the most, Mark? Uh, I mean, uh, you, um, you're, not a, you're not a huge basketball fan, but what impressed you the most? The com the 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 camaraderie of it all, you know. Yep. You know, again, going back to just a couple of weeks ago, these guys were at, at each other's throats, and here they are giving, yeah. you know, playing with each other, helping each other get better. If there is such a thing, and the thing that oh, really, there is such a thing. Yeah, but the thing that that it. It reminded me of the fact that to, the difference between an amateur and a professional isn't that far. When you watch these guys do free oh, no. throws, they're you know they miss just as much as a lot of <laughs> people do. And, and Dwight Howard misses more of them. Yeah. Have okay. you ever seen such a? I mean, I would say this uh, about Dwight Howard: the most impressive physical specimen I believe I have ever seen. Male-wise, that's not steroids or or, or, or anything like that. What a, a, an Adonis of a human being. And I don't know if I've seen anybody at this camp more disinterested, more lethargic attitude-wise than Dwight Howard. Superman my ass, dude. You must be wearing kryptonite underwear because you suck. He was there while everybody else was running around having fun. And, dude, here's Dwight Howard, free throw. And wait for the ball to bounce back to him. Doesn't move. Yeah. Ball comes back to him. Free throw. Everything else going on around him is at is at chaos speed. And here this guy is at quaalude speed. You know, he looks like <laughs> he was on a date with 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 Bill Cosby. It's, it's like, come on, dude, dude, do something. Be, be Dwight Howard. And I don't think he's going to make this team. I think there's guys playing much harder, much much better. That are given it all, and I don't think Krzyzewski's a big fan of of lazy. And man, for Dwight Howard, I don't know what ruined him, and, and I don't know if money like that would not have ruined me or whatever yeah. it is, Mark. But whatever the problem is with Dwight Howard, it's very, very evident when you compare him to the other guys who are players in the NBA. I mean, you're and and it's unfortunate because you I don't see him on see the list. The, no, and you can see the partners. You can see the guys who are friends. Carmelo Anthony, LeBron James, it has surprised me that those two have not hooked up on a team somehow together, whether it was New York Knicks or in Cleveland or whatever. Carmelo and, and LeBron are as close as any two guys are that you see there, save maybe for Draymond Green and Kenneth Fareed. Not a good sign for the Denver Nuggets. Uh, if, if, you know, when guys form those friendships and those bonds and they play so well together um, – they tend to go. I mean, that's where LeBron, that's how LeBron ended up in Miami. Him and Dwayne Wade were so tight. Well, Wade's not on this team anymore. But Carmelo Anthony and LeBron James are, uh, are uh, imagine those guys showing up at your at your neighborhood uh, basketball court. Hey, let's go two on two. Oh, wait a minute. Yeah. And, um, you know, Carmelo Anthony's kind of the forgotten guy when he was with the Nuggets and then he goes to the Knicks. And uh, you're talking about a hell of a ball player. And and a, a guy who has who has been there. If you if you think about Carmelo Anthony, I mean he's been on some on some not so good uh, USA basketball teams. He's gone to the Olympics. He is the elder statesman. He has more Olympic uh, appearances than uh, most all the rest of them 
if not all of them. And uh, you look at the job Jerry Colangelo does, the president, and, and Mike Krzyzewski does as the head coach. And the guys that he has in there, what a what a wonderful organization they have put together. And uh, to think that you've got 40 guys out there and and you st- stuff those egos over there in one of those trash cans and let's let's p- play basketball. Yeah. These kids that didn't go, kids, well, now they're young men, <laughs> who didn't go to college, this is their college coaching. And they're they're not at a camp with some college coach from from Podunk Tech. They're at a co- they're at a camp with Mike Shashevsky coaching them, and you can see his imprint on every last one of them. They play defense, they rebound, they get their open shots, and they play team ball. They pass the ball to an open teammate as well as any five guys, and it doesn't matter which five are out there. They have taken what very, very short a time. I mean, my God, they've only had two practices, and yesterday's was a truncated thing. So they've had, what, three hours of practice on the court at that mark, and they're stretching for some of that time and whatever, and media and, and the whole shooting match. To say that you've got your five, you've, you've got your fives figured out. These five play together well, and these five play together well. They can send a second team in that's an NBA starting uh, uh, five out there, an all-star starting five. It can replace the first five all-stars, you right. know, and the other teams just don't get any time off. Other teams in, in the world might go six or seven deep of NBA-quality players, and then they're down to Kostov, Kristoff, blah, 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 from somewhere on the outskirts of Athens, who was a great player in high school, and now he, and he played in college, and now he plays semi-pro or whatever they call it in Greece, whatever. Yeah. Well, now he's up against, if he's a guard, he's going against Kyrie Irving and Steph Curry. And, and you, you just start going from there. Okay, they don't both start. So when you play one and you play your ass off and you've held this guy down, all right, eh, wait a minute. Yeah, here comes Kyrie Irving. Steph Curry, Steph Curry is, looks a little tired. Here comes Kyrie Irving. You've got LeBron James out there. You've played your ass off keeping LeBron James in check. And you're just, you're just gassed. And here comes yeah, LeBron needs a blow. Here comes here comes Carmelo Anthony. There is no time off. You look at the center position with Demarcus Cousins, Kenneth Farid, Dwight Howard. If if he would make it, Mason Plumley. Imagine having to cut twenty eight of this forty. <laughs> Imagine having to cut. You know what I mean? They're going. They're yes. talking the top twenty five or twenty eight percent or whatever it is. Oh dear God. <laughs> you're you're t- and some guys get pissed off. There's some guys that didn't show up this year. They showed last year that aren't used to being reserves and aren't used to being the not the man. Right. And some guys did didn't respond well and they're not here. Those guys that can come off the bench and sit there and watch an entire game without doing much. But the guy I didn't mention out of the out of the bigs is the guy I think is going to be the next superstar in the NBA and that's Anthony Davis. Uh, out of Kentucky is the number one draft pick. He's with the New Orleans Pelicans, and his his college coach uh, John Calipari was there yesterday. He's one of the assistant coaches, at least on the staff anyway. And he had his notebook, and uh, you know Calipari gets a lot of heat basketball wise, but he very much reminds me of Jerry Tarkane. And I'll recruit him, and I'll get him to play. And the the end of the day, they have something more than the NCAA championship on their plate, and so. We have to we have to pay homage to that. We have to at least give that some some of our efforts, and that it doesn't end all the end when the final buzzer goes off and they play one shining moment. That's not the end of your career. This is just a stepping stone. 
And Calipari's aware of that, and that's why he gets these guys. And, and he was sitting on the bench with the John Wall on one side and Anthony Davis on the other. And I, I kind of leaned over and said, Coach, can I get a photo? And he said, well, it's okay with me if it's okay with these guys. And Anthony Davis has a great sense of humor, and he says, I don't take pictures. I said, no, that's my job. I take them. You, you pose for them. And they all smiled and looked at me, and, uh, and uh, Coach Calipari would like me to get the photos to him. My phone is uh, not capable of doing I didn't take the photos on my phone. So if anybody knows how to send photos that are taken on a, on a digital camera and now are on my computer, how I can send them in a, in a cell phone message, if we can figure that out, I'd, I'd like to do it because Coach Calipari, that's what he asked me for the photos. And, uh, you know, I, I, I take it kind of seriously, Mark, that I get photos of guys interacting with each other. You can only see so, you know, you can only take so many photos of guys dunking or, or doing this or doing that. And to me, it's, it's about the interaction that you see between these guys, but what a team, what a, what a tremendous team. And Oh my God, we're going to go watch the NBA all-star game tonight, Mark. We probably have more talent. Yes. There's yes. probably going to be more talent uh, on the court than there was at the NBA all-star game. If if LeBron decides to play, they'll they'll put a jersey on him. But there's going to be quite a few guys. You know, there's going to be thirty guys or thereabouts out there. I don't know that all of them are gonna are gonna be invited. But you know, let's let's just run down the starting five. Where the hell do you? <laughs> okay, we got LeBron James. If he wants to play, he's out there. Next, who's gonna play center? I don't know. We got some really good centers. You know, I mean, we got Anthony Davis, we got DeMarcus Cousins, we, <laughs> or you say, who's, who's going to be our power forward? Well, okay. We we're back to, we got Anthony Davis and DeMarcus Cousins and Kenneth Reed and Dwight Howard. And you start saying, how does, how does anybody possibly match up with them? Let's go to guards. My God, you've got James Harden, Steph Curry, uh, Kyrie Irving, Clay Thompson. Okay. That's pretty good right there. You pick, pick two out of that four, and our our second team is going to be the second best basketball team at the Olympics. Our our our, our bench warmers would start for <laughs> any other of the Olympic teams. It is a foregone conclusion. If we lose, it'll be a bigger loss than the miracle on ice was to the Russians. I oh. mean, uh, it, there is there is absolutely no way that anybody can match up with us talent wise, and they're not going to get out coached. Well, I just remember remember the last time that, that I attended this, and it was the the USA against who was it Uruguay, Ukraine, or some some <laughs> the Dominican Republic. That's yeah, what it was. Close. Yeah, yeah, one of the third world things. Yeah, we got it. And and it was so funny because because the other team came out of the locker room and they looked at our team and you know you know they just kind of stood there and went oh, yeah oh. you see uh, those guys in absolute awe yeah they're just like we get to play them <laughs> yeah that was pretty much it and John Calipari was coaching the Dominican Republic team and the the, the kid that was the well all the big time stars that didn't make our team or whatever that had some could, could spell Dominican Republic, uh, which is not all college basketball players that got to be on that team. I don't know what the connection was, but uh, uh, Towns, who was the first pick overall this year, um, uh, went to went to Minnesota, unfortunately. But uh, anyway, uh, he was on that team. And you look, you look at the, I mean, Guys, step it up, but honest to God, there was not one member of that Dominican Republican team who at that time, or Dominican Republic team, who at that time 
could have could have made the the practice roster for <laughs> basketball USA. And here they were in a game and they played hard and they, you know, they were X's and O's coached, but oh dear God, there is such a huge, and this is where these guys get together. And this is where they're allowed to have fun. And those guys that would play for nothing do, and they're out there just, just giggling and laughing and whatever. Like I say to me, I don't see a lot of guys palling around with Dwight Howard, all the photos you have of him. He's kind of standing there with his, you know, with his kind of forlorn, eh, here I am, I'm shooting free throws. And he doesn't do it like he's figuring it out. No. You know, they have they have the, the, the hack of Dwight thing. They used to have hack of Shaq. And I don't know why big guys can't shoot free throws. They're easy. Nothing's moving. Stand here, bend your knees, take a breath. Same thing. I, you know, I went from I went from being a fifty percent free throw shooter mark that I shot well into the eighties, eighty percent, because I stood out there and practiced. But I practiced and then and I wanted to learn. What did I do wrong? What did I do right? And move around. It's kind of like bowling. Okay, I stand the same number of of, of lines over to get my swing to to accommodate what what is the, the the given thing. And that's the pins are down there. The balls here. Here's the line you don't cross. Where do I have to stand to get the ball down there in the right spot? And that's all free throw shooting is. And like. I say I don't know if I've ever seen anybody as disinterested in, yeah. in in doing something. I don't know why Dwight Howard showed up. I don't know if it's PR or what, but he sure as hell doesn't look like a guy who's going to make this team, and uh, rightly so. There are guys playing much, much harder. There are guys that take that practice real, real seriously, and Kevin Durant's one of them. Man, uh, you you t- and the other cool thing is we saw Paul George yesterday, uh, Mark, uh, make an appearance not out there on the court. Uh, I don't think the Indiana Pacers are going to do that uh, anytime soon again. But uh, you know, Paul George showed up, and it was a it was a cool thing. And James Harden was there Tuesday and wasn't there yesterday, and so I don't think it was an injury thing with Harden. I don't know what uh, what he had going, but uh, it's not like he needs a whole lot of practice with these guys anyway. But the game is tonight, seven thirty tonight. Thomas and Mac Arena tickets are available. And oh dear God, if you're a basketball fan and you and you got. 15 bucks in your pocket and you don't go to this, then you only have yourself to blame because you're missing, missing by far and away the best basketball that's going to be played anywhere on earth today and probably for a hell of a long time, Mark, until we start the NBA season again. The other thing that I noticed was there was a lot of um, retired talent there. There are a lot of people that were showing up just oh, yeah. to say hello to their buddies there. So, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just not – current NBA talent showing up for this event. You've got a lot of older talent and college yeah. talent as well. They're cheering them on. So I'm sure that's going to be the same thing tonight. You're going to have all this other talent in, oh, in, yeah. in the bleachers. So it's going to be a people watching event. And the other talent is you're absolutely right, Mark. And there's not many places better to go for people watching than there. There, you know, we have with well, Gucci Row will be filled up. You know, yep. the one year I took the photo of of <laughs> I I asked the I was sitting under the basket, and there were people going down and 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 going down, and you see them stop and get autographs or whatever. And I really couldn't see. And I asked one of the ball boys. I said, "Who are they taking pictures of down there?" And he said, "Ludicrous." And cool. My boys, my, my son, I had the two boys at the time that were, my, my son has since passed on. But I said, I know they like Ludacris. I'll go down there and, and, and get a photo and take it home for him. So I go down and I say, Luda. And I look and he's the black guy sitting there. And I say, Luda, can I get a photo of you? And he takes off his glasses like this. He does like this. And I, and he elbows the guy next to him. I'm like, what the hell are you doing? And I look and it's Bill Gates. And so I'm thinking, <laughs> okay, this is, this is cool. 
<laughs> so I take a step back. Okay, I'm ready. And Bill Gates is doing this and elbowing the guy next to him. I'm like, what the hell are we doing here? And I look, and it's Warren Buffett. And I'm thinking, this is going to be a really good photo. I got Ludacris, Bill Gates, and Warren Buffett. Let me see. Ludacris is worth a couple hundred million dollars, give or take a few, from all the albums and the different things that he does and video production and everything. He's a businessman. Imagine sitting next to Bill Gates and Warren Buffett and only being worth a couple hundred million. Yeah. <laughs> you feel like the popper. Uh, guys, I don't know if I can cover the check for lunch. Yeah, yeah, we got you this time, but we're, you know, we're keeping track of it. So, yeah, it's one of my favorite photos, but that's Basketball USA. When, when, when it's our team, you never know who's going to show up, Mark. And, of course, we have no shortage of stars from other venues uh, here in Las Vegas. But, uh, yeah, and the old the old players, you know, Bill Russell's a big a big supporter. He's a guy who won Olympic gold and, and uh, I think probably the greatest competitive player of all time uh bill russell it's kind of hard to argue never lost a game seven never ever ever lost a game seven never that's it i i, I don't know how you what's there to compare that to it, it, it's a, i i can't think of anything but bill russell's there and he always sits and and uh, you know uh stupidly people will ask him for autographs he doesn't do autographs if you ask him nicely and he'll stand and take a photo with you and whatever but he doesn't do autographs he doesn't do yeah, I don't want him sold on, on eBay, and he thinks that's very impersonal. And so uh, I always try to get a picture of him. Dr. J comes. He always sits in the stands. Uh, he's a big supporter there. You get people come up. But the coaching, the coaches that are there, whether it's ex-coaches or current coaches or whatever, people that people that are basketball fans will be here in Las Vegas tonight at 730 at the Thomas & Mac. That's Thursday night, uh, 730 at the Thomas & Mac. Tickets are available. Amazingly, tickets are available. Uh, this is just odd that that there wouldn't be this rush. I mean, you know, it's not like it's Saturday night in Vegas. Right. It's Thursday night, and there ain't squat on TV, and that's why you have a DVR anyhow. But get out there and go see this, man. It's I, I there's there's no there's no, nothing that you won't see tonight. You, you know, you're talking about they. It's the All Star Game, except they're going to play defense in this one. That's what they have to do. This is real basketball. The all-star game is such a bastardized thing. It, it really doesn't resemble basketball because you're kind of looked down upon if you play defense on a guy who's trying to show off his offensive skills. You know, you don't want to be out there playing tough D on Michael Jordan or Magic Johnson or on and on and on down the line. When they play against each other, great. But but you don't want to be the one guy who goes out there and, and mugs Michael Jordan or knocks the ball out of his hands as he's on the way for a, for a dunk. So in this game... In this setting, yes, you do. You want to be the guy that can defend LeBron James. You want to be the guy that can take the ball out of Carmelo Anthony's hands. You want to make be the guy that can keep Steph Curry from getting off his shot. And, oh, my God, of all the basketball that I've ever seen, Mark, I don't know if I've ever seen anybody who can get his shot off at any given moment, when he comes off the dribble and up to shooting position and lets the ball go, the defender has no, by the in the incredible short amount of time that he has to do that, the defender has to react and then move accordingly, and there's no shot. There's no shot. He gets that shot off. He's walking down all of a sudden, two. Up his hands go, and there goes the shot. And I got a, I got a photo, and the, and the defender is this far. I don't know if I can show my hands that far apart. <laughs> the, defend, the defender's leaning for him, and and this is and and Steph Curry is three feet back. 
he might, you know, I mean, the day you, you would have to give this guy a fishing net to have a shot at touching that basketball. Uh, yeah, there, there's just, I, uh, I mean, it's an incredible amount of talent that you see out here, and some of them are going to get cut. DeMar DeRozan is a, is a, what a incredible, really, really good player, and he hardly, she hardly is out there on the court even when they play, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, Lamarcus Aldridge, and there's some, there's some oddities. Uh, there's, there's some guys who, you know. Uh, it had some things went on in the off season, whether they changed teams or almost changed teams, and that went went back. DeAndre Jordan uh, agreed to go to the Mavericks, didn't go, came back to the Clippers. Chris Paul <laughs> certainly, there's a guy we left off the off the off the guards list. I mean, it's kind of tough to yes. leave Chris Paul out. He must be a hell of a salesman, man, because. Uh, he kept LaMarcus Aldridge with the Clippers, and uh, the Clippers are going to be a force to be reckoned with. Blake Griffin's there. You just you just start going. Here's 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 just just for a real quick. See who see. Tell me when we get to somebody you really haven't heard of. LaMarcus Aldridge, Carmelo Anthony, Harrison Barnes, Bradley Beal, Jimmy Butler, Michael Carter Williams, Mike Conley, Demarcus Cousins, Stephen Curry, Anthony Davis, Demar Derozan, Andre Drummond, Kevin Durant, Kenneth Fareed, Rudy Gay, Draymond Green, Paul George, Blake Griffin, James Harden, Tobias Harris, Gordon Hayward, Dwight Howard, Kyrie Irving, LeBron James, DeAndre Jordan, Kawhi Leonard, Kevin Love, Victor Oladipo, Chandler Parsons, Chris Paul, Mason Plumley, Clay Thompson, John Wall, and Russell Westbrook. I'll eat your shoes if you can tell me there's a better group of players <laughs> congregated <laughs> anywhere else on earth. I'll eat your shoes and your stinky socks too. And that's a that what a tremendous lineup that is, Mark. Yes. Just, and they're gonna cut they're gonna cut more than half of them. <laughs> <laughs> that's got to be a pretty ego. That's got to be a pretty good ego shot to these guys. You know, some of the guys that are getting cut are going to make the NBA Hall of Fame. Yes, Basketball Hall of Fame is going to hold some guys that, that weren't good enough to make this team, or for whatever reasons didn't make this team. Uh, I, I not good enough is kind of a. I don't know if that's the right description of, of, of the situation. They're just not going to make this team. And, and man, uh, Mike Krzyzewski and Jerry Colangelo are not going to have an easy time making cuts. You know, Kobe's not here. You think the guys that aren't that aren't here this year that have been – Kobe Bryant's not here. That's that's the 800-pound gorilla in the room when he's here. Yes. You know, we've been, we've been to practice before, Mark, where somebody's on Kevin Durant or somebody's on LeBron James or they got their guy. And they're they're up on them tough, and and they watch when their man has the ball, they're down in their defense and and they're playing. When Kobe Bryant touched the ball, when the ball goes into Kobe Bryant's hands, all the other nine pairs of eyes, all other eighteen eyes, are on Kobe Bryant. They all turn towards Kobe. It's like all of a sudden the zone, offense and defense. Everybody knows Kobe's got the ball. Here we go. And when Dwayne Wade was out there too, you know, he did the same thing. And as incredible a player as he is, everybody had him one on one. When Kobe Bryant touched the ball, it was more than that. And we miss Kobe. Uh, he was a hell of a contributor to Basketball USA, and uh, kind of the forgotten guy. But you, you think of who's not there? Who could be there? And who's not there? <laughs> oh my God! I, I, it, it's just incredibly amazing to me. Well, all right. Basketball tonight, 730 right. Thomas and Mac. We're going to take a short break here. You're listening to Good Sports. We'll be right back after these brief commercial messages. Don't go anywhere. Okay, we're back. It's Good Sports. 
We're back. Frozen with Mark Anthony. <laughs> we we are back. I didn't really go anywhere. <laughs> went potty, but good good thing is it depends. I didn't have to leave my seat. Um, Gino Smith. Why why even ask? Uh, Gino Smith. Gino Smith. Gino Smith. <laughs> that, 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 here's, uh, Gino Smith, man. He said it all. Quarterback for the New York Jets comes in. A lot of conjecture uh, draft day whether he was going to be the first overall pick, a very talented young man in college, West Virginia. Uh, not so proven the talent in the, in the NFL. Uh, he got a he got uh, had a, a deal where uh, he didn't uh, didn't show for a charity event, uh, and Polly put up the put up the money. And uh, that's a defensive lineman or linebacker. Um, put up the money, and Geno Smith was a no-show. Had a family emergency, whatever. And the guy finally said, "Hey, I want my six hundred bucks back." And uh, reports first were that Ed and Polly sucker punched Geno Smith and broke his jaw, and the Jets cut him immediately. Now reports are from eyewitnesses, Geno had it coming. That's what they're saying now. That's what the headlines are on Yahoo Sports right now. Geno had it coming, and the argument escalated into something where Gino put his finger, <laughs> touched Enemkali, and got in his face, got face-to-face, -face, I'm tough, I'm Gino Smith, I'm a quarterback, and oh shit, you hit me in the face and broke my jaw, uh-oh, and that's what happened. And, uh, you know, over 600 bucks to guys making millions and millions yeah. of dollars doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me, but now nobody's coming to Geno Smith's defense. Nobody's jumping in and saying, "Hey, uh, you know, you can't hit our starting quarterback." And I guess you can when he's a prick. And uh, that's pretty much what the what the the bottom line is uh, with Geno Smith and and Polly. Uh, I can and Polly. Uh, the Jets' old coach Rex Ryan is the new coach of the Buffalo Bills and wasted no time whatsoever in once the Jets waved and Polly to sign him. And so he knows both guys. So he took the guy he wanted. He, I don't think he wanted Geno Smith as his quarterback in the first place. He had Mark Sanchez already. He already had a guy who couldn't play. What, what do we need two <laughs> quarterbacks who can't play in the NFL for? You know, to give me an extra kicker or a long snapper or something. You know, I'll play quarterback. But Geno Smith has pretty much proven himself to be a, a, an interception machine, a guy who's not incredibly well-versed at team football. And uh, uh, so, uh, anyway, I think it's going to be a, I think it's going to be a much bigger issue overall than uh, Deflate Gate. That's going on. The judge keeps judge keeps telling them, "You guys, get it figured out. Get it settled. Do what you're going to do, but get her, get it, get it over with. Get it figured out. And they're not going to do it." And he he told everybody, "Don't read into what goes on, what is said, and and whatever into what might." That might give you a hint as to what his final decision is, but it's very difficult not to do that, Mark. All reports are that he has been much more hard on the NFL in his questioning of why you did. What does it mean? You know, it's we're not talking about national security. We're not talking about Hillary Clinton and and the the, the emails on the server and their top secret or whatever. We're talking about <laughs> we're talking about a football player who's married to a superstar. Who I know, guy. You know, Coach Cal gave me his uh, gave me his cell phone number. I'm pretty sure people have to change their cell phones every once in a while. Some asshole like Donald Trump might give it out on national television, Lindsey Graham, and you have to change your cell phone number every once in a while, and then you have to get in touch with everybody that couldn't get in touch with you anymore. You know, it's a pain in the ass. Anyway, 
Tom Brady destroyed his cell phone. Okay, that's not a crime. And you're not investigating a damn murder. When Aaron, when Aaron Hernandez destroyed his cell phone, speaking of former Patriots or Patriots, it was because it, it, there was evidence of murder on there. There was evidence linking him to murders, not just a murder. Tom Brady is linked to some air not being in the balls. Yeah. And the, the, they, they're, they're, I think they misstepped. I don't think uh, Goodell has the authority, to, uh, shouldn't at least have the authority to be judge and jury, and also the appeals court, too. No, I mean, uh, I, I'm not a big fan of, of Roger Goodell. I don't think he does a real good job at well, I like the judge, you know, I mean, he's, you know, you know, he's like, we're, you know, we're, we're really spending our time on this. Yeah. You're a I got murderers out there that are, yeah. that are waiting. Yeah, you're, yeah. A, you're a tax, tax exempt monopoly. You guys make a billion dollars and you're <laughs> about air in a ball. Yeah, no. And that tax exemption is kind of, is kind of an odd thing, Mark. Uh, baseball has their, uh, their, uh, antitrust okay and so they can do some of the things football does not enjoy that it is only the sport of baseball that is protected antitrust wise so the the teams however it's structured yeah it's not right that they are a they're, they're sure as hell not a, a, a charity as far as anybody can see <laughs> but the the tax exempt status that they get is not for the totality of the nfl what they have, what they enjoy in baseball is for the totality of baseball. So it's, it's part of the deal and certainly not anything that makes any sense to me, but it does not cover the entirety of, of football. Um, so, um, you know, there are some differences. George Carlin was very good about, uh, about explaining the differences between baseball and football. And if you haven't heard that folks, you, you owe it to yourself to go on Google and listen to George Carlin or YouTube, whatever, explain the differences between baseball and football. One of the most striking is <laughs> it's okay for for football coaches to be standing on the sideline wearing a baseball hat, <laughs> but think how think how quickly they would come after a baseball manager who was standing in the dugout wearing a football helmet. <laughs> and it, that 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 actually makes a little common sense. I mean, I'm gonna wear a helmet. I'm over here where them balls come in every once in a while, or a bat might fly, or whatever. Okay, but yeah, I mean that's one of the. He says in baseball there's a walk, <laughs> in in football, rush. You know, so there's a, there's some huge differences in baseball and football. But uh, anyway, Geno Smith uh, going to be out uh, six to ten weeks with the broken jaw. And, uh, you know, when you have teammates applauding the fact that you got your jaw broke, it might be time to find something else to do or another place to do it. But uh, I don't think Geno Smith's the answer, even healthy. I don't think he was going to have a real good year. New new system, new whatever, maybe that maybe that works for him. But uh, I think the Jets are, Jets are going to be, yuck. again, once again, crappy Jets. Uh, the Mets, on the other hand, in baseball, whose farm team is here in Las Vegas, are are making a real statement for to be a part of the playoffs and to be be a factor in the playoffs. They have the arms. They have the young arms. There are teams in the in the major leagues who would probably trade you straight up, uh, player for player, for what we have here in the Las Vegas Fifty Ones oh, no uh, talent wise, and 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 think these are guys that can't make move their way up to the Mets because the Mets have built there they really have a very very substantial farm system and uh the crown jewel of it is the las vegas 51s that our friend 
uh, Don Logan and Jim Gemma do such a great job there. Uh, Dick Calvert do a great job with the the hand they've been dealt to, to, to do minor league sports here in Las Vegas is not an easy thing. This is a labor of love, if ever there was one. And, uh, you know, they, uh, they're playing baseball in the middle of the desert in an open-air stadium in the middle of the summer. The summer. And they do it successfully. They they have stuck around. They they make the accommodations. They adjust their schedule. They do these different kinds of things, and they do it marvelously. And the Mets are the beneficiaries of it. You know, I mean, last year or a couple of years ago, we were the farm team for the Toronto Blue Jays, who, by the way, have now caught the Yankees. They've caught up. They were six and a half games behind the Yankees just a couple, three weeks ago. And the Blue Jays at the trade deadline on July 31st or thereabouts, uh, a day or two one way or the other, picked up Troy Tulowitzki and David Price and added them to an already okay Blue Jays team, a second-place Blue Jays team. They're now going for 11 wins in a row since that trade. Troy Tulowitzki is a perfect fit. What a great player he is and how happy I am, even though I'm a Rockies fan. A guy like Troy Tulowitzki gets a chance to play for a for an organization that wants to win. The Dick Monfort, and you cannot spell moron without Monfort or Monfort without moron, however you want to say it, uh, has done everything ass backwards that you can possibly do with a major league, a very successful franchise. Who the people show up? Just oh God, what a what a wonderful atmosphere there is. Beautiful weather, et cetera. And sometimes they have some storms in Colorado, but for the most part, it's a great environment to play baseball. You hit the ball and it goes a country mile, and you know you got this and that. But it's exciting baseball. And Dick Monfort has screwed that up. They they don't get ten thousand people at the games anymore. And they had Troy Tulowitzki. They've had guys that move on and they, and, and and play well elsewhere. They just won't actually spend the money. This guy you know, is, is pissing away a, a very, very big opportunity to, 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 to be a major player. I mean, Kansas City, right down the road, the, the team we used to go to Kansas City. If you want to go watch Major League Baseball, you took a day trip to Kansas City and you went and watched the Royals play. and Or, or you went to St. Louis and watched that, and then Arizona came along, and that was a little more convenient. And then Denver got their uh, – got the the Rockies and you watch that but Kansas City a much smaller market than Denver or at least comparatively speaking and they 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 got the Royals and they're playing and they they do what they have to do and they spend the money and they get the guys and they make the trades and they use their heads and they hear the Rockies suck but they gave up Troy Tulowitzki and again it's a good thing for Tulo that he gets to go to a team like the Blue Jays and he's made the impact his his presence you know they, they talk about guys being a cancer in the locker room uh then that must mean troy tulowitzki is the chemotherapy in the locker room because he he gets rid of cancers and he he changes cancerous things to good things and uh by the way uh not that this has anything to do with sports but uh we want to send our thoughts and prayers to uh, former president jimmy carter and i don't give a damn what whether you're a Republican or a Democrat or an independent or, you know, whatever. The man's 90 years old and has liver cancer that has spread to the rest of some of the rest of his system. And so the prognosis is not good at all uh, for people, for youngsters, for, for people in the prime of life. And when you're 90 years old and that's your that's your diagnosis, I can't imagine that it's anything but, uh, let's say, a fond farewell to Jimmy Carter. So we want to we want to pass on our our thoughts and prayers, and uh, you know, uh, 
Jimmy Carter's got some class. Here's a guy who retired and started building homes for people and making sure people got to vote and, 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 and did those kind of things. So regardless of whether you agree with him uh, uh, politically or whatever, uh, you know, Jimmy Carter's a guy who, who his sports connection was, we're not going to go to the Olympics. And I, I think um, there's people sporting-wise who, who look at Jimmy Carter and say, you know, these people trained their entire lives to make that one Olympic team. And you said, well, the Russians went to Afghanistan, so we're not going to go to the Olympics. And we didn't do that. And that entire generation, that entire four years, I mean, it's just four years between Olympics. But imagine how hard you must train to make that Olympics and, and to, to be named to the team and gone through the trials, whether it's swimmers or, or, or gymnasts or whatever. And you make the Olympic team, and then you don't get to compete in the Olympics. And we had yeah. the Goodwill Games. Ted Turner stood up. And said, we'll, we'll, we'll try to have an alternative. And they had the Goodwill Games, and that was it. But Jimmy Carter's forever going to be linked to that boycott. And I don't think it's I don't think it was a clear 100%. I mean, it, it was not just a black and white thing, Mark. There was so much gray in the middle. And I don't know if the point was, if it made the point that they wanted it to make. But we didn't go to the, the Olympics that year, 84. or uh, And uh, what was it, 80? Eh, one of those two. And we didn't do it, and then the Russians didn't come to. Yeah, I guess it had to be eighty four. The Russians didn't did. The Russians didn't come to L.A. in eighty four, and so uh, you know, it, it, politics and and sports became intertwined more so than they already were. You know, people have gone to war over soccer games before, Guatemala and uh, somebody. Why do you think we don't want soccer they, here in Vegas? God, come on, they fought. They, they fought. They fought a war. Over soccer, over World Cup soccer. Yeah, so yeah. Uh, anyway, that's uh, speaking of, of world things. The last major in golf, the PGA Championship, going on. Dustin Johnson threatening to shoot a sixty, a real low sixty something. As we as we came on the air, um, Dustin Johnson seems like the guy who's got it going at least uh, at least this time uh, around. I believe they're at Walking Stick. So um, uh, there was a, a another kind of an oddity in baseball. Mark uh, Hasashi Iwakuma. Uh, through a no-hitter at the Orioles, and uh, he is only the second uh, uh, Japanese uh, citizen to come to the major leagues and throw a no-hitter. Hideki Noma was the first one. He actually threw two of them, one against the Colorado Rockies. But uh, Iwakuma threw the first uh, no-hitter in the American League in, man, it's been a, in a while. It's like five years or so between no hitters in the American league. The national league has had, has had many, many more. And it's not just an oddity mark. I think the reason for that is the American league. You don't, uh, you don't have to uh, bat when you're the pitcher. And so it's not the easy out in the national league. You know, you take, you take more than 10% of real batters out of the lineup. That's a good chunk. And so that's where that, I think that's where the major difference comes between the amount of no hitters for the national league and the amount of no hitters for the American league is the designated hitter. You don't, you don't get that easy out to, you know, you don't get an inning off. Uh, the designated hitter comes up and uh, he's usually, <laughs> that usually means he's a guy who's pretty good with the bat. So, uh, but anyway, uh, Hasashi Iwakuma uh, through the no hitter for the Orioles. Uh, he plays for the Seattle Mariners and how cool that is. Seattle, probably uh, next to San Francisco, our biggest concentration of Asian Americans because they're on that coast. And people kind of stop at first. Okay, we're home. <laughs> we're here. <laughs> so, uh, you know, and, and his his parents were uh, happened to be visiting from Japan 
when he threw the no hitter and how really? cool that is. Look at me. <laughs> they, they, yeah, they come over from Japan. So I would imagine the Mariners are going to probably rent them an apartment or something or, you know, fly them back and forth quite yeah. often. <laughs> yeah. So. really. <laughs> yeah. But that's, uh, <laughs> that's pretty much it, Mark. Uh, you know, uh, again, uh, the biggest sporting event, the, the most incredible sporting event on earth is going to take place tonight at the Thomas and Mac Arena on UNLV's campus. That is uh, USA Basketball and the inter-squad game. And, folks, if you're a basketball fan and you're not there, you only have yourself to blame. And uh, that'll be that'll be Mark and I that will wave at you. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll take photos. Um, Mark, See before we go uh, – Tell us, uh, say a little bit about what we what we uh, are doing uh, on social network, uh, social media, and what people can do to join us and uh, and that and help us out. Are we doing that? <laughs> we're on Facebook. And did, did I throw you? Did I throw oh, you yeah. there, dude? Yeah. <laughs> we were talking baseball. There's a curve. <laughs> There's a curveball. All right, we are on Facebook, of course. We're on we're on Twitter, um, and uh, we've got an Instagram account. Haven't done anything with it. Uh, what else are we on? Uh, we have a Pinterest account. Haven't done it anything with it yet. Right. Guess, yeah, you know. So yeah, I got to show you how to do all all that. And, uh, you okay, know. that's cool. Okay, wait, 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 wait. Okay, to let everyone know, what was it? Two weeks ago, we brought your computer into the twentieth cent, the twenty first century. Thank God for for good attorneys. Yes, Mills and Mills. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So okay, okay. We did the easy part. We brought we brought his his computer into the twenty first century. Now it's bringing Rick into the twenty first century. That's you know, it's like pulling an anchor. <laughs> so. Time machine. <laughs> Wait a minute. I resemble that. <laughs> However, once again, once again, Where's Rick. My Dutch cap. Are you happy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. There we go. Once again, Rick, I, I look like a Shriner. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ahead. you're I about to be, but <laughs> I forget when I'm with you that you know when we head for the exit, it's not a simple <laughs> walk from one side of the arena to the other side of the arena and walk out the exit. It's everyone's got to stop and say goodbye to you, or or vice versa. <laughs> It it does take a while to make my way through the crowd, Mark. (laughs) Like I said in the elevator, I think the the image of you as a fuck up is a ploy. (laughs) I really do. And I've got it down to a fine science, don't I? Oh my god, have you got (laughs) the people that say hi to you are just absolutely amazing. I'm just like, you know him? Really? <laughs> and he admits it. And wow. admit it. That's one thing. A lot of people know me. Now, you know, most of them turn around and go the other way when they see me coming. So some of the guys, you know, the uh, another group that we haven't mentioned, Mark, that we probably got to give a shout out to, is our friends over at Las Vegas Events who bring these kinds of things oh, like Basketball USA into Las Vegas. And uh, and uh, uh, you know, you you get guys. Michael Mack is there. Every practice, former city councilman in Las Vegas, Michael Mack, who with Pat Christensen, you know, is Las Vegas events. Uh, they do some great, great things for our community, but they're there watching, and, and we're walking by, and <laughs> Mark's all amazed. <laughs> uh, you know, Mark, the first time 
that I think you became aware of that we were at the Hard Rock, if I'm not mistaken. And oh. we were up on the we were up on the, <laughs> up on the second second day. Go ahead, you tell us. You tell it much better than I do. <laughs> Uh, that is that is my second best favorite Rick story. Okay. <laughs> oh God. What's number one? I don't want to know what number one is. Go ahead. Spin it up. We were there for what was it? Showtime boxing or HBO boxing? Yeah, one of those. Yeah, we're up on the one second floor, and you know they got the media up on up on the second floor, and we're overlooking the audience, and like 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 three places down from us is this ESPN hot shot. You know, and he's up there <laughs> telling the stories that the ESPN guys love to tell. You know, I've you know I shot this, I know this, I know blah blah. Yeah. Okay, you know, and, and there you are just doing your usual stick up there, making sure no one gets a really good shot by telling them jokes. Um, which, by the way, Debbie says <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not standing next to Rick at at up here. I can never get a good shot. Oh, you anyway, got to keep laughing. Yeah. Anyway, Mike Tyson had just gotten that that uh, tattoo on the side of his face, and you know you could tell something was happening in 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 the audience. You just couldn't tell what was happening because the crowd got up, and you know. Mike is still the king of boxing. I don't care what anyone says. Mike, Mike Tyson is still the king of boxing. When he walks into a room, he lights up the room. Yeah. This ESPN guy sitting, you know, three three spots next to us says, "Oh, I know Mike Tyson." Mike, and he yells down, "Mike, Mike, up here!" It's whoever it is, you know. And Mike's ignoring him. And I mean, this guy is screaming <laughs> his lungs out trying to get Mike Tyson to look up for a photo. Wouldn't do it, Rick. Here, hey Mike, photo. Mike Tyson goes, "Hi, Rick." <laughs> this ESPN guy turns and goes, "Who in the fuck are you?" <laughs> and I said, "Mike Tyson." <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. Uh, well, uh, yeah. Okay. Okay. That did. Yeah, that was. Uh, that, 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 you know, just, I'm glad. I'm glad you were there to witness because nobody oh, would believe God. that. But yeah. That, yeah, yeah, we do have fun, Mark, and you know it is one of those things that uh, God has granted us both—an uh, opportunity to do some things that few other people on earth get to do, and we're so lucky to be able to do it here in Las Vegas, um, and and to, I mean, to actually get paid for it, and to 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 have people invite you to do these things and to be part of it, and you know, I always try to pay some back, Mark. I like to take photos for people. I, if somebody's there with their point and shoot, and I'm standing in front of them, I'll here, give me your camera. And I'll take it out there, and I'll take a shot for him. And I love doing that at the Speedway, Mark. You know, we'll we'll end up on the three-day weekend, uh, uh, NASCAR weekend. I'll have 10,000 photos from that weekend. And I'll take somebody's point and shoot and take it and stick it out the hole during a, during a caution lap or something and take a photo of Dale Earnhardt Jr. going by or Jeff Gordon or, or, or Casey Kane or whomever it is that they want. And I'll take that picture, and I'll hand them their cameras back. And I always think... You know, I've got 10,000 photos from this weekend, and they all tend to run together. This guy's got one or two that I took on his camera, and they'll mean the world to him for the rest of his life. He'll remember those. And I'll never – I have to look to see what date's on mine. This guy will know what day that happened. This guy will yeah. know what year he was in Las Vegas, and some schmuck of a cameraman uh, took his took his 
little point and shoot camera and actually got a shot for him that he'll have. It might not be even a really good shot. It's a car going by, and you can't tell how fast they're going. You could take the same shot in a, if they they were parked on the front stretch. But it's something that I you know I enjoy doing, Mark, and I think it's uh, we're both aware of the of the opportunities and and the blessings that we have to be able to do what we do. True, but okay. Final closing remarks on that topic. We were okay. at Basketball USA, and that serviceman that had both of his legs gone. Colonel Gadsden. Thank you. You, yeah. you got a picture of him with the NBA All-Stars. and they, <laughs> LeBron James and Kevin Durant. Yeah. And both sides thanked you. You know, you know, it was just just the spur of the moment. They were both thankful to be sitting next to each other, and you made that photo. And you know, and it was just so. It was a heartwarming moment that cannot be explained because of the emotions that that were involved in that one simple. Hey, can I have a photo of you next to him? And everyone gave you their cameras. And I'll tell you the setup for it. Yes, when when they when they go to take LeBron. James's when they go to talk to LeBron James, everybody crowds in and you, they got ten or twelve microphones right in front of him, and they they all have their microphones up in his face like this. And so I was on I was on the left side, it was a, like a semicircle, and there was no shot of getting a picture of LeBron without a camera in his face. Now LeBron is tying his shoes and he's fixing his knees and he's doing like this and he doesn't look up and they'll answer questions and he doesn't really look up to see who's talking to him. He just bend over. And they fixing is getting ready for practice, <clears throat> and I started walking from one side of the of the semicircle over to the other side to see if I could get a better angle to shoot him from the right side rather than the left side, and I almost fell over this wheelchair, this motorized wheelchair. And when I turned to walk, I didn't, and I had to look down and see what my leg was up against, and it was a man with no leg sitting in a wheelchair. I recognized the guy because he'd been on the Tonight Show a couple of weeks before, and the movie Battleship had come out, and that's what he was promoting there. He got his legs. He was coming back. He was a colonel uh, in, in Iraq. He was coming back from a memorial service for a couple of his uh, uh, fallen soldiers. <clears throat> and they hit an IED, and it blew his legs off. And he is still on active duty, remained on active duty. His name's Colonel Gadsden. And I, I almost fell over the guy. And he had his camera in his lap. And so I, you know, I, here I am looking at this guy, and I recognize him, and I say, hang on a second. I'll, uh, let me let me clear some room for you. And so I tapped the, the, the guy with the microphone in, the, in front of us, and I said, uh, can you scoot over a little bit? And the guy looks at me like, are you out of your frickin' mind? Is this your first rodeo? Yeah. And I point down and say, you know, look at this guy here in the wheelchair. Can you get out of the way a little bit. And so the guy saw that, and he they moved over, and it was kind of like the parting of the waters. And now LeBron James has still been over to tying his shoes and everything. And I say, LeBron. And he looks up like, who the hell's talking to me like they know me? And when he looked, I pointed to, the, to, to Colonel Gadsden in the wheelchair, and he said, he motioned for him to come in. He motioned like this, and I said, give me your camera, and I'll get some shots for you. So he gave me his camera, and they sat next to each other, and I took a couple shots. I gave him his camera back, and I now I'm going to get my camera up and take a couple shots. <clears throat> and so I take a couple, and I look, and right behind them is Kevin Durant. And this is the year that LeBron and, 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 and uh, Miami played. Oklahoma City and, and Kevin Durant in, in the finals. 
And Durant was sitting there getting ready, and nobody was around him. No microphones in his face or whatever. And I said, Kevin, why don't you come over here and join the fun? And he stopped what he was doing, and he walked around the, the little back edge and sat down, and, and, and there was one of them on each side. And it's one of the most it's one of the most incredible photos that I've ever shot of just, you know, you've got, you've got our guys wearing USA across their chest. And LeBron was sitting there with, without a shirt on, but, you, you know, it's our um, – it's the stars of the USA basketball team. And here's the guy who wore that, wore that flag on his shoulder and took a bomb for us. There are no bombs going off on the basketball court. But you could see that you could see that we are American moment. I mean, it's one of the most – that might very well be, Mark, my favorite photo that I've ever shot of all time. Yes. And, uh, you know, again, uh, God has blessed me to be – man, if that camera that I use – could talk the stuff that it could say because it's there when i'm setting up the photos and doing those kind of you know it's not just pointing the camera and, and, and taking a photo right you have to be able to you have to be able to kind of see it in your mind before you shoot it set it up one of the things that i guess is good about rick being rick is i'm able to stick my hand out and say hey i'm rick you know scoot over half a step so i don't get this crap in the background so we can get a better photo and i rarely if ever have anybody not not cooperate and like i say it's always cool basketball usa you know uh coach cal perry um you know he said he's one of the good guys and i i took that as a great compliment that i you know you tell people thank you if you if you take somebody's time and you ask them to do something for you well, that's how I was brought up. I say thanks. I stick out my hand and say thanks. And I walk off. And they appreciate that, that you're not a pain in the ass paparazzi there. You're doing your job and you do it right. And you say thank you for something you got from them. And uh, they're they're all pretty cool. But, uh, yeah, that picture with LeBron James and Kevin Durant and Colonel Gadsden, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, I, I – I will go to my grave, Mark, uh, on, my, on my deathbed. I'm pretty sure that'll be one of the last memories to leave my my conscious mind before I. Did you ever post post that photo? Nap. I posted it a couple times, Mark. I'll put it up on the Good Sports site okay. uh, as soon as we, as soon as we hang up here. I'll I'll get it up on that page. But okay. yeah, it is a. And I got like I say, I got the the one last year with the uh, with the. Uh, <clears throat> John Wall and uh, uh, Derek Rose sitting with Coach Calipari. Uh, Derek Rose was his guard at Memphis, and then then Calipari moved to Kentucky. And uh, uh, John Wall was was his guard there, and they were both sitting and and they posed for me. And it, you know it's a great shot. Now this year I got Anthony Davis and John Wall, and uh, you know you could take you could take the guys that have played college ball for John Calipari and put together a hell of a team. They, they they would certainly be be viable in the NBA. They would make the NBA playoffs if you took just ex ex players that Calipari coached in college. Um, you know, maybe him, maybe Shashevsky. I don't know that any other program has put that has put so many guys into the upper echelon of the NBA than uh, than the programs at Kentucky and Memphis with with Calipari coaching and Duke. Uh, you know, the defending national champion Duke Blue Devils, and just coming from a guy who is a Tar Heels fan. For, for a long, long time, it's it's tough to watch Mike Shishovsky and not be impressed by by his absolute presence. I mean, you know, if there's not a direct link between James Naismith, Naismith and and Mike Shishovsky, I don't know, I don't know if there ever is. Mark, this right. is a guy who is absolutely, you know, it's like watching Michelangelo paint to watch Mike Shishovsky coach. So, all right, man, we're about to wrap it up. Is that what you're saying to me, Mark? Tonight, Tonight USA basketball. 7.30, Thomas and Macarena, Las Vegas, Nevada, Basketball Center of the Universe. We'll be there. Uh, Mark, uh, 
any any parting uh, parting words of wisdom for us? Uh, Let's have fun. Let's have fun. That's what it's all about, folks. Uh, for all of us here at Good Sports, and especially my friend Mark Anthony, I'm Rick Rosen. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you again next week right here on Good Sports.